Welcome to this episode of Artist Tales, the podcast that features and celebrates artists from different walks of life. I'm Heather Martin, and I'm speaking with Robin Barr, a photographer who recently relocated to West Yorkshire. He photographs architecture, abstracts, and people. I first met Robin a number of years ago through London Independent Photography, which is a London-based photography group. Welcome, Robin. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you for coming on. It's, uh, you know, it's great to have you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Robin. I'm a man of a certain age. I mean, my, I'm, I'll be 64 shortly. And photography is my passion, but it, it's a hobby. But I invariably go, go out without my camera. I don't always take photographs. I'm, I'm always looking for the perfect photo opportunity. I moved in November 2020 from London Essex borders up to West Yorkshire to a semi-rural location village called Crag Vale. It's absolutely beautiful here. The countryside is wonderful. But what I miss and what I'm looking forward to explore are the local towns. The towns aren't too far away. That's Leeds, Manchester, Bradford, because I have a passion for architecture and taking photographs of buildings. So great. So what brought you to West Yorkshire? I love London. I've lived in London most of my life. But I fancied a complete change. My partner's family is from Yorkshire and felt like it was the next stage in our lives. We've got family here. It's a very good artistic community in this area as well. I'm still exploring. This is still early days yet, but it feels it feels like the right move. Yeah, because you're right near Hempton Bridge, aren't you? Yes, yes. Hempton Bridge is only about three miles away. Yes, yes. Yeah, because that's quite a centre for... Sorry, it's Hempton Bridge. I mispronounced it, so apologies. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, so that that's quite well known for an artistic community, isn't it? Yes, it's mainly painters and sculptors. I haven't. There are photographers there, but I haven't actually joined any photographic groups in in the area. There, there was mention a while back at LIP, London Independent Photography, that I, that maybe I could I could start up the Yorkshire branch, but who knows. I don't know whether it was said in jest. Maybe, maybe it was, but but why not? It's been, it's been an interesting time since the start of uh, lockdown, with so many gatherings or online through Zoom with different photographic organisations, mainly LIP. Yeah, I was going to get on to to the pandemic and lockdown. Maybe we can talk about it now, and maybe then get into your photography. But how how have you found lockdown? I mean, I know a lot of people have found it found it challenging. I mean, how has how have you found it, and particularly when when you're doing your photography? Before I left London, I found it frustrating because I was about half an hour away from the centre of London by London Underground. And you know, obviously, nobody went on the underground for, for most of last year. And so I missed going to exhibitions and galleries. I, I, I missed getting lost in London. You know, what I like doing is going out with the camera and just getting lost down side streets and seeing where they lead me to and, and finding buildings or urban abstracts that I, I feel might make a good photograph. So lockdown, you know, I've missed out on that respect but otherwise i've been doing a lot more reading i've joined various presentations on online i'm 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 okay you know i I don't lockdown hasn't treated me too badly really and how about in west yorkshire i mean you obviously moved partway through the pandemic to somewhere very different i mean you're very much as you said you're very much more rural now you know compared to london which is not (laughs) so i mean how has that been you know particularly with lockdown because you know moving in lockdown is probably a a very different and perhaps surreal (laughs) type you know, experience really. Oh, I know. it felt it felt very very surreal. But I'm I'm slowly exploring the area. Uh, we've only been here for a few months. My my partner is more into hiking and 
loves walking in this in this countryside and, and i go out for walks as well but he prefers to go on longer walks than, than i do but i'll find my feet so to speak and i'll, I'll start exploring soon once once the situation with covid you know, improves a bit a bit more and do you find moving to you know to somewhere very different that yes you can get to leeds and other metropolitan sort of areas but you know i i know you and i know particularly you're into architecture and sort of building abstracts you're now very rural so has that had an impact on your photography yes i i even had to start up another instagram account for myself just 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 with uh, photographs of the area basically you know i have several instagram accounts for, probably far too many for for one person one's architecture one's abstracts one's people but then i decided to create a, a, another one just for local scenes basically and things that i'm discovering in, in the area which don't necessarily fall into any of the other titles but, but that's not a problem what sorts of things are you finding the area is full of dry stone walls, some of which are probably several hundred years old. Dry stone walls and lots of gates, lots of gates to fields that are no longer being used as fields. And so I've been taking photographs of gates and walls and, and is it lichen or lichen? Lichen, I think, or lichen. I think it is lichen. Yeah, I'm taking photographs of lichen and the different colours and the different patterns. But I haven't been photographing as much as I have done in the past. But I think I'm saving myself up, saving myself for those uh, metropolitan outings. Yeah, so how did you get into photography initially? You, you don't want me to hear this, but I, I can't really remember. <laughs> I like the idea of creating images, but then things started to fall into place. Uh, I met a guy through a local gallery in, in East London who had a similar camera to me. I, I bought a camera, it was mainly for holiday snaps, basically. And he bought a similar camera to me, and we decided to go out photographing together. This was uh, probably in about 2012, 2013, so it's quite recent. He showed me what, what you can produce out of uh, with shots basically showing me a different way of seeing I mean, he's an artist he paints but he takes photographs so that he can paint from those from those photographs and then he introduced me to to Flickr are you are you familiar with Flickr yes and so I, I've been on Flickr since 2014 and that coincided with me rediscovering brutalist architecture and the beauty of concrete it all seemed to fall into place so i started taking photographs of concrete and old buildings and then through that i was introduced to instagram as well and various other hubs on instagram which relate to architecture a lot of my influences have come from online sites like Flickr and and Instagram. And through that, I've got my own following as well. It's just evolved from there, basically. But also in 2013, I think it was, I happened to read a review in The Guardian of a photographer called Saul Leiter, a New York-based photographer who died. He was, he was in his early 80s. I thought, oh, I was reading the review, and I found it, I was fascinated by the type of photographs he was taking, mainly street photographs, but very abstract. And so I started investigating him more and reading up about his work and, and uh, going to various exhibitions that were of his work as well. So it all seemed to fall into place. I called myself No Great Hurry on, the, on Flickr, which was in recognition of the fact that he was never in any great hurry either. You know. There was a short video made of his his life before he died called In No Great Hurry. So architecture and soul lighter, that's what's brought me to this this point now, I think. So you find that when you do your photography in, in no great hurry, there's that kind of your philosophy then? Yes, because I uh, it frustrates my partner, but I go back to the same places more than once because I like seeing buildings in different light, different times of the day, in sun and in rain. And also, I, these days, I tend to have photographs on my photogra on my camera cards, which I don't look at for ages. And eventually, I look at them and think, oh, quite pleased with that, or not not impressed with that at all. Yeah, maybe yes, maybe that's me yeah, in no great 
Harry. Yeah, no, I, I do quite like that. You, I think you also have an Instagram, Instagram account called No Great Harry, and I, I just like that philosophy personally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you also do art, you know, abstract and people. And I know uh, one, another thing you've been exploring more recently, which I've seen when we meet for, for the London Independent Photography, is double exposures. Tell me a bit more about how you've gotten into to those areas as well. Well, I've basically got two t- digital cameras. One, one is a Canon, which is uh, about twelve years old now, and I started buying lenses for it. And that's quite an expensive business buying new lenses. And I thought to myself, I don't want to fall into the trap where I buy really expensive lenses or have to buy really expensive le- lenses every few months because of a different style of photography I've, I've uh, encountered. And also, they're starting to become very heavy as well. So if I went on holiday, you know, I carry the camera plus a few lenses. And, so I bought myself an everyday lens. It was an 18-200 lens, which I started using. But then someone introduced me to a range of mirrorless cameras called the Fuji X100s. So I treated myself to a Fuji X100F, which is quite a small mirrorless camera, and it's got a fixed lens. And uh, one of the things it does is uh, takes in-camera double exposure photography uh, uh, photographs. So I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll try that. And uh, basically, I want to become more creative. And that's a, that's a way of me fi- trying to be more creative by using double exposures. And some of those are really quite interesting as well. Thank you. You know, it, it seems like it's a, photography is a fairly recent thing you started, you know, in the last, you know, not even 10 years, really. That's right, yes. Yeah, so it's something, it sounds like you kind of fell into it. Yes. So I'm just wondering, you know kind of now what what the role of it is you know is, is it just exploring your creativity you know what what is it that that you really like about the photography i love seeing the creativity in, in other people so over the past 18 months or so because of uh, zoom and because of uh, versa well basically there's, there's lip london independent photography and they're a member of the central london group and also the crouch end group and also each week i log into another group called the lenses of croydon who have different photographers presenting each week. I, I've really got into the creativity of other people and, and really love seeing how creative other people are. So I think because of that, my own photography has suffered in that I've taken less photographs. But I want to change that. I want to turn that and I want to try and create, I was going to say un- unique photographs. I'm not sure if I can do unique because there's no such Someone said there's no such thing as a unique photograph. But I want to be more creative with my photography, basically. So I think over the next few months, I will be experimenting more yeah i mean i do find that i mean i i've heard that before that you know nothing's really ever you know truly unique because i think we're all kind of influenced by other people but i'm i'm finding that probably you know sounds very much like you where i enjoy going to exhibitions i enjoy you know going to central london independent photography and i've also gotten into a little bit the lenses of croydon and you're right it's very interesting to see what other people are doing and sometimes it can plant seeds of you know things to, oh, well, maybe I'll try that. Or, you know, kind of makes you think about what you're doing, doesn't it? Basically, what I enjoy most, though, is, is taking photographs of buildings, and but not just facades, but looking up and seeing what patterns I can make, abstract patterns and shapes I can make from the photographs but in, in one frame, things that people wouldn't necessarily see. But it's, it's interesting, though, because... These days, if you go to any large, any, any uh, built-up area in the Canary Wharf or Chelsea Harbour or what have you, and you start taking photographs of buildings, you, you'll get approached by security guards saying, oh, you can't take these photographs. But I've also found that architects like to see how other people see their buildings and see shapes and patterns and that photographers can 
obtained by just looking at work that they've that they've designed. So I've had some positive comments from architects on on Instagram in relation to some recent developments. I also, with regard to the security guards, once I tell them what I'm doing, they tend to normally accept it and, and uh, they're fine with it. Yeah, no, I do find that as well. And it is frustrating. And I think partly it is places like Canary Wharf are no longer public areas. They're private property, which I know there's a some discussion around kind of the privatization of public spaces. And that's a very good example. And you do get the security guards, particularly if you have a very nice camera kind of approaching you, doing the wagging their finger saying you can't do that. And it is frustrating. But they are, as you say, can be quite reasonable as long, you know, once you start explaining what you're doing. Well, that's the nice thing about the Fuji, in that it's such a small camera. It looks like an old-fashioned camera, basically, and they wouldn't believe that you can get some really decent shots out of it. So that works well as well, taking a, taking a smaller camera to some of these locations. I agree. I find that. You probably have touched on this a little bit, particularly with COVID and, and everything else. But what kind of challenges have you faced or do you face... Uh, with your photography? I'm not very good at learning. I try, you know, so much is available these days to people who want to take photographs, you know, on, on YouTube or various other online systems. But I tend to learn a certain extent and think, oh, yeah, I know that, then, then switch off. And without it actually thinking what I've learned, I'm very slow when it comes to teaching myself. What do you mean by learning? Well, I still feel that sometimes I make I make silly mistakes when it comes to light, when it comes to resolution, when it comes to the settings. I prefer to use manual settings with the cameras. Well, I could use the automatic settings, but I feel as if I'm, I'm cheating. So wherever, whenever I can, I will use a manual setting. So there are times when I think to myself, oh, I've got these, these settings right. I know, I know what sort of photographs I want to take today or just now or what have you. And then you look at them in the viewfinder and say, oh, they're rubbish. They're awful. So, yeah, so I, 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 still, I suppose we all, we're all learning. Not, not, well, I'm not perfect. And I don't pretend that I am with my photography. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's perfect, to be fair. <laughs> and, and sometimes the imp- imperfect photographs are oddly just as good as the so-called perfect photographs, don't, don't you think? Isn't that strange? I, mean, I, I can look at a photograph a long time after I've taken it and a long time after I've discounted it. Then, then all of a sudden, I think, oh, actually, I quite like that. I've done the same. But, but also with uh, sites like Flickr, I'd like to post a photograph that people will enjoy. And you know, sometimes I really delay before putting photographs on. I think, oh, it won't, be, it won't be liked, it won't be liked. But then all of a sudden, it is, it is liked and it's get, get some very positive responses. But then, then today, I, I saw something earlier today and I'm now questioning myself, is it actually important to, to get likes? You know, it, it should be down to, your, down to yourself. I, I saw a program earlier today about Vivian Mayer and then it wasn't until after, after she died they discovered a, a container full of thousands and thousands of her, of her negatives. And yeah, she took them for herself, not not to please other people, but they're outstanding photographs. Yeah, yeah you've touched on something there because I know um, I've struggled with that, and I think until quite recently, that's something that you know you're wanting to get the external approval or you know you're wanting to to get recognised. But then I realised in probably in the last few years, really, what I'm you know my own my photography is mine. I'm doing it for me. And if people enjoy it, great. But yeah, no, I've, I've come to that. And I think I've really reevaluated why I do my photography and who I'm doing it for, really. <laughs> no, which is good, which is a good, good way of looking at it. I agree. I agree. I'm just wondering with Flickr whether there's an advantage, you know, putting aside the likes, whether there's an advantage just with something like Flickr or even Instagram when people start commenting about your photograph, whether that is helpful. You know, do you find that helpful? 
Oh, I, I do, yes. And in what way? It's an interesting question, actually, because you know, I do find it helpful, but I, I find it helpful for myself, really. I suppose it, it shows that I've done something, or I've compo- composed a photograph that not just I like, that other people like as well, or created an, an image, which completely goes back of, on what I, what I was talking about just a few minutes ago, <laughs> but, you know, where it's not important what people, what, what people say. But I'm just wondering, you know, the, what type of comments you get? Is it more, hey, great, that's really good? Or do you get some kind of feedback or kind of, I say, constructive criticism? Or is it more, hey, we really like it, which in a way can be helpful because you know you're kind of, it's not completely, you know, I know what you're saying of you're doing it for yourself, but even sometimes the positive comments can be, okay, actually, you know, it might reconfirm it's a good picture. But I'm just wondering whether you get kind of feedback of, mm, you know, maybe just a bit more apart from the, oh, this is really good, whether people kind of give a bit more detail people normally just comment when it's positive comments i think people are probably too polite not to uh, to, to give really poor comments uh, occasionally i do get poor comments and but normally i can understand where they're coming from but i think it's difficult for people to be totally critical on your work in a, on a site like that I suppose in some ways it would be quite nice if I if I did, did get some poor comment as well as, as good comment because, you know, not everybody would like my style. I was told by somebody a while back, you know, I, I wanted to exhibit some photographs, some architectural photographs, and I had a specific idea as, as to what I wanted to exhibit. I showed these images to them and they said, are you a graphic designer or are you a photographer? You know, these are more, these are just graphic design rather. I thought, well, no, this is, this is what I like creating. This is what I like doing with my camera. I'm not necessarily trying to take a good photograph. I'm just trying to take an image that I find appealing. That I always make a point of of the lines always being correct and lining up with the corners or what have you. That's me. That's not everybody's taste, but that's what I, I like doing. And I think you've touched on something, particularly you know, when it comes to art, it is such a personal thing where not only for the photographer or for, or for the artist, you know, what you're creating is by extension yourself. And people who interact with your art may perceive it and interact with it differently and they may may or may not like it. And it can, uh, I've, I don't know about you, but I can sometimes find it disheartening when people say that. But I more recently, and or I try to remember, try to remind myself, it's that's their opinion, even if it's more negative and and that's fine and I think sometimes it's hard to say that or to remind yourself that but I do struggle with I remember it was one of the annual exhibitions for London independent photography where one of the guys was saying well I actually have to pitch it to the people who are judging or the people who are deciding which images are are going in and I just I find that very difficult because for me it's such a personal like you you know how I construct it and how what I take pictures of is such a personal thing that I find it very hard then to try to pitch something or if somebody likes you know street photography or a certain type of photography I find that really difficult it's interesting going to an exhibition I mean I Talking about briefly about exhibitions, I, mean, I, I think it's wonderful now that lockdown is eased that we, we can go back to exhibitions because I think it's so much better to see photographs or artwork you know, on walls of galleries rather than just on, on Flickr or, or Instagram. Um, if, if, if you think about Flickr or Instagram, people just look at the, your, your photographs just for seconds or split seconds in some cases. As well, you know, if you go to an exhibition, then people do stand there and look and 
talk about images. My images won't always fit into exhibitions with lots of other diverse images, you know. But that, that's the point, though, isn't it? You know, we're, we're, we're independent photographers. We're, we're, we're creating what we want to create. And we, if we want to show it, then these are the images we want to show. You know, I, I was talking to an artist years ago who created some really beautiful caricatures, beautiful artwork. And he said, well, yeah, I do create these. I do, I do like these. So I do the create these and they are populated but i don't like them they're, they're not what i want to do but they're, they're what makes me money I, I can make money out of them but they're not this is not why i started painting so but so i think it's so important if, you, if you're not relying on photography to support you financially they should do what you want and if you want to show something then you should show what you want to what what you want to not what someone else wants you to to show i guess you know there is always that tension, particularly if you make money out of, out of your photography or whatever artwork you do. On one level, if you are making the money, it, there's a certain like potentially compromise. You have to compromise to make it, you know, sellable. But you're right. You know, I, I guess you and I both are, you know, because we're not dependent on making money out of photography. It can be more down to what we want to take and what captures our eye. But, but also something else that uh, I've learned because I'm, I'm always learning. I think well, we're, we're all always learning is that if a photographer takes an individual image, then you shouldn't just judge, judge the photographer on that sole image because sometimes or it could be part of a project. And then if you see the image as a part, as a part of that project and see the other images as well, then, then you can understand it. You can then read it as a, as a photograph within a set number of photographs that are telling a story. So within a context rather than... Yes, one last question before the end of the podcast. Do you have any kind of upcoming projects or things you want to start working on or things you might want to explore with your photography? Well, I want to go back to taking photographs of the urban environment, back to my abstract architecture roots, basically. But I want to try and be more more creative. So they might involve double exposure, it might involve more ICM or intentional camera movement. But I want to explore the area. There's an organisation called the 20th Century Society in the UK, and I've offered to help them, to support them in the area. Their buildings are always on, always at risk, so I've suggested that I be allowed to go and visit buildings at risk in, 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 uh, in Yorkshire and take photographs. So there might be a project coming up. And one thing I I have we haven't touched on, and sorry, probably last question now is, you know, I did mention that you you do pictures of people as well. Does that fit in anywhere, or is that something you just kind of flirted with? I, I'm a bit of a flirt, but uh, but I'm yeah. <laughs> but I have flirted with it, and I quite enjoy it. And it's very interesting, though, because I've discovered recently that you know I've been taking photographs of artists at the Hebden Bridge Open Studios a few weeks ago. So I was taking photographs of some artists, and there's a few that I would like to take. But it's so important to build a rapport with the artists and not just go in cold and take snaps. I don't want to do that. The ones I've photographed so far tend to be one people who I get on with very well, and people. But there's a lot more people I haven't met yet. Basically. It's so yes, it could be the start of a, a whole new project for the for this area. You know, me photographing local artists, and then in that way, I get to know the local artistic community, and hopefully, I can take photographs for them. That sounds really interesting, and you know, if, if that does take off, I'm sure many of us would be interested in seeing more. I'd like to thank you, Robin. It's been really interesting chatting with you. So thank you. Thank you very much, and again, thanks for the opportunity to take part in this podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Artist Tales. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Further information about the artist I spoke with is in the episode notes. Please rate and review this podcast on the apps and spread the word.
you can get in touch by emailing artisttalespodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is on social media. Check the information in the episode notes. Hope you join me next episode 